Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 146. As always, I'm one of your hosts. I go by the name Alexander Holland. And as always, I'm sat digitally across to my number one pod puppet. He's got to be the one called... John Maloney. Hi, everyone. And John Maloney, you went camping this weekend and something crazy happened to you. (laughs) I did. Yeah. (laughs) I, what a great uh, leading question. I love it. Such energy. I went to the, well, I mean, Australian listeners, and I think international listeners will know where Wilson's Promontory is. It's famously the southernmost point of the Australian mainland. So if you go any further south, sucked in, you're in Queens, uh, in Tasmania. <laughs> and uh, in, in the lonely island convict settlement of Tasmania. But yeah. I was in Wilson's Prom, and it's a beautiful place. It's very isolated. Um, there are lots of hikes there that you can, you, you've got a, like there's a lighthouse famously that you can only get to on foot or by sea. And <gasps> it's it's not the uh, Round the Twist lighthouse, is it? No, I wish it was. That's it, I think, at Aries Inlet, which I've also okay. been to and took many photos and tried to get them to Paul Jennings, the author, but <laughs> without success. <laughs> <laughs> so that was great. But anyway, Wilson's Problem is great. It's a beautiful place. It's kind of a, I sent you lots of photos of Australian fauna. It's a bit of a fauna wonderland because there's so much nature that's kind of undisturbed. And the good people of Wilson's Promontory Shire Council, they're great DPTM fans. So they mm. decided to commemorate my visit in two ways. There's now a cabin it's known as a motor hut which is a sort of a modest cabin at the wilson's promontory camping ground which is called pod brothers rest it's been named in our honor and and they also changed the name of the local macropod the swamp wallaby uh, Ah. to the hopping praiser which i love Um, so thanks very much to the (laughs) I'm just making that up on the spot, but thanks very much to the people of the Wilson's Promontory Shire Council. It was a lovely couple of days in your southernmost tip wonderland. Yeah, have you been camp? Is this a this is a newer thing? I feel like you've told me a couple of times recently that you've mm. been a camping man. Is this a thing that Jacinta's friends do a little bit more? Yeah, we never camped bit. so much as no, we as didn't. Men. Really. We were we were too busy spending all of our times being sad in pubs. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I'd still do a lot of that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, camping's a relatively newer thing for me, I guess coming from a slightly drier state, indeed the driest state on the driest continent, we didn't really have that many camping options if we didn't want to wake up with deep sweats. But uh, yeah. it's a little bit more lush in Victoria, so there's a few more options. But yeah, Jacinta and I have been camping a few times, and i got to tell you, I'm on the fence still about it. Uh, I kind of... <laughs> I kind of... I kind of go, yeah, I mean, I had a good time. Mostly not because of things that are directly related to camping. (laughs) You know, I enjoyed the nature and I enjoyed the solitude, but maybe if we just stayed in a nice cabin, we could have all those things. Mm, I can see you you holding your back in agony there. Mm, Exactly. I was, you get up and you feel 
kind of younger in some ways because you've been breathing very fresh air and you've had this lovely night with just natural sounds, but then you try to move and realize that you've <laughs> you've crushed a vertebrae in your neck from sleeping <laughs> on rough ground. Um, yeah, and no, we're getting better at it, but I still think, and it rained a little bit and then just everything gets covered in mud and I think, well, let's just go home. We started <laughs> kicking dust at all the wallabies. This place is stupid. I bought an expensive house so I didn't have to sleep in mud. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why are we pretending that we want this? Yeah, that's right. And then we have friends who, shout out to Jess, who will not camp anywhere that there is cabins. And I kind of have to admit that there's a certain uh, sense to that because it's, if you're in a place where there's cabins, you think, why am I doing this? You know, yeah. I want to be somewhere where I have to be immersed in nature because there are no settlements otherwise. But it was cool. I mean, it's kind of nice to be anywhere, I think, where you think, well, I'm really getting close to the uh, lowest point on the earth that humans live. And yeah. Wilson's Prom is fairly close to that, I guess, relative to most of the world. Uh, it's got a lot of Got a lot of wombats there, which famously, they kind of act like Australian raccoons because you have to keep your stuff in your tent, all your food in your tent. Otherwise, they come rooting around at night and they'll make a terrible mess. And they've, I've heard of people getting, because they have quite sharp teeth, wombats, so they will gnaw their way into your tent if you can, if they can smell food and, and eat it. And then really? sometimes, yeah, someone, a friend of mine was, who was on the trip was saying that she had a, a wombat gnaw its way in and then it got confused and gnawed its way out through a different part of the tent. So there was just like two puncture wounds in the tent and all this telltale signs, including cubed poo, which is a wombat thing. They've got yeah. a strange colon that, that compels them to produce or, or allows them to produce cube-shaped They have a rectangular poo. prism colon. Yeah, exactly. So they, uh, and they have a very strong bone in their bum. So they attack. They will attack sometimes by reversing into animals and hitting them ass first. What a weird country! <laughs> Imagine being a f- being asleep in your tent, mm. and you think, "Oh, my wife's giving me a little kiss and cuddle <laughs> on the mouth," <laughs> yeah. and then you open your eyes. <laughs> And it's just the the fat assed wombat. Yeah, just just nuzzling you with its bony ass plate. That's kind and of what, what I'd like. What ghost stories did you tell? I told a story about. Geez, what ghost stories do I even know? I'll tell you a ghost story, which I did tell on the trip. Actually, I was in. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. I was in an Airbnb with Jacinta, who was quite suggestible about these things, and I love to, therefore, bait her at times. And we were in an Airbnb. I accidentally turned on the bath jets because it was a spa bath in this Airbnb in Brooklyn. Mm. And so it was quite late at night. We were getting ready to go to bed, and it made this noise, and I was like, shit, and then I turned it back off. And it seemed like by turning it back off, well, the non-supernatural explanation is that by turning it back off, it forced it to, it didn't complete its cycle, so it turned itself back on sometime later. So what happened was Jacinta was then in the bathroom about 15 minutes later and she didn't touch it, but it turned back on. And she's 
she kind of jumped and freaked out and I was baiting her going, it's the ghost of the plumber. And, uh, <laughs> and, and there was a, because we were in Greenpoint, I was, you know, there's a Polish plumber who used to live here and he, and he, he would fix the bath. And then, and then we're lying in bed and then it goes off again, just as I'm sort of, you know, I've finished making jokes about it. And so we go into the bathroom to find out what's going on. And I <clears throat> make a mockery of saying, because the shower curtain is closed, oh, I'm about to, we're about to see the <laughs> spirit behind the shower curtain. And I pull the shower curtain and the instant I do that, it turns off this noise. So it was kind of spooky. And then we went back to bed and then it happened again 15 minutes later. And I opened the door of the bedroom and the instant I did that, it turned off. And so I'd gone from being this kind of douchey naysayer <laughs> to being slightly concerned that we had a ghost in the house. <laughs> and and I told that. I don't know if anyone was particularly spooked by that on the camping trip. Guys, I'm going to yeah. tell you the spooky story mm. about the Polish plumber. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the ghost of the bathtub in Greenpoint. You walked back to your room, to, hopped into bed, and you felt something slimy under your pillow. You reached mm. under, and it was just handfuls of wet pierogies. <laughs> That's right. We kept, uh, we kept, sometimes we'd wake up and it would be really cold and I'd smell cabbage and I'd just be like, what's he's here? <laughs> Piotr is here. John, I wrote to you before we started recording and I said, are you familiar with this particular story? And it sounded like you were not. So I thought this would be a good one to tell on the mm -hmm. cast today. So as we've discussed a little bit on the podcast before, John, Australia is the most ironic country on earth. Mm. And one man has proven <laughs> that following your heart into the depths of Australian irony can take <laughs> you from stressed out surgeon to successful fashion brand owner. Oh, and wow. I want to share that story with everybody today. So this is a man that I had somebody mention to me in December, there's mm -hmm. a few suspects. I can't quite remember who told me this story, but I'm, I have a feeling that whoever it is might be listening to this podcast. So whoever that was, might have been one of my cousins or it might have been one of my mates. Yeah. Give us a shout if you're the first person that put me onto this. I was on TikTok a couple of weeks ago and I got presented with a man and I realized this is that person that was mentioned to me, and his name is Ken Sakata. Mm -hmm. So the story goes that in 2020, Ken Sakata is an elective surgery doctor in Australia, in Melbourne, okay. I believe. And during the pandemic, he has shifted from being an elective surgery uh, doctor to working in hotel quarantine, which as Australians will know, that was when we insisted that people coming back from overseas spend time in hotels for a couple of weeks yeah. uh, so that they aren't carrying the coronavirus with them. So he ends up working in quarantine, uh, hotel quarantine and vaccinations. Yeah. And obviously this is 2020, so it's stressful for a lot of people, particularly doctors. Mm. So Ken's getting pretty stressed out. He's working mm. day in, day out 
with the pandemic in terms of uh, hotel quarantine and, and vaccinations. Yeah. So what he's doing is to counter his stress, uh, he's spending a lot of time online, particularly on Twitter, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what he started doing is he started posting on Twitter, joking, basically saying, I'm too stressed out from being a doctor. It's just too much. The pandemic's crazy. Mm. I'm in WhatsApp groups with other doctors and medical professionals in Melbourne, and it's just the stories I'm hearing are really horrible. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave medicine and I'm going to become a professional Australian football player. Uh, Now, keeping in mind, Ken is 35 years old and a surgeon. So essentially what he started doing was creating this online character under his own name and he starts building a following of other people that are going, yeah, man, just become an AFL football player. (laughs) Uh, AFL for those outside of Australia is our style of football. I believe it's Mm. the most popular sport in Australia, Australian rules football. Mm -hmm. So he's never played football in his life and he starts posting on Twitter about his diet and his training. So he's going home every day from his from his shifts, yeah. working with the pandemic. And he starts tagging a particular Australian rules football club because I think <laughs> the joke was yeah. that this was the one club that might accept him, which was uh, the Gold Coast Suns football yeah, club. Okay. So he starts tagging them and essentially trolling them in a very funny way. And I'm not sure if he was offering to play for them or if he was pretending that he already was a player. I haven't, I haven't been able to find the original tweets, but the Twitter, the Twitter account becomes so popular that he gets the idea that he can start selling merchandise because he's built a bit of a following. So what he does is he buys an official Gold Coast Suns, uh, Guernsey, as we say mm-hmm. in Australia, but for everybody outside, that's jersey or the singlet top that you would wear to play the actual sport yep. on the field. And he takes a couple of photographs of himself in what look like poses of him on the field. So he's he's got a sweatband on his arm. He's mm-hmm. wearing the Gold Coast Suns jersey. And he's like, and then he does this classic design where he takes three images of himself and makes this collage mm-hmm. and puts the name Ken Sakata on it, Gold Coast right. Suns jersey, and he starts selling these T-shirts that make it look like he's a player for the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. And the T-shirts sell out. He makes a couple of grand uh, because, of the, because of how much people were enjoying the joke on mm. Twitter. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the AFL gets wind of it, the proper yeah. Australian Football League, and they send a cease and desist letter uh, <laughs> insisting that he stop selling the T-shirts because it's right. infringing on their intellectual property uh, because he's uh, not a real player for yeah. the Gold Coast Suns. But by this stage, the cat is out of the bag. He sold a few thousand shirts, and yep. people are just really into the whole thing. And I think because he was enjoying the joke yeah. – yeah. so much even though he'd received a cease and desist letter he thought i don't want this to be the end of this how mm. far can this go yeah so he cleverly came up with this idea okay i can't keep saying gold coast suns i can't keep using their imagery but i want this to keep going so what about i just come up 
with a football team that doesn't exist that mm. I can own the intellectual property of. So he comes up with this football club called the Queensland Football Club, which doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, okay. Because the Gold Coast is in Queensland for anyone. Yeah, the Gold Coast is in Queensland. That's right. Yeah. And he starts releasing limited runs of actual sports merchandise, so hoodies and T-shirts, and he just puts this Queensland football club logo on them Yeah, and starts promoting it to his audience, you know, explains to them, hey, guys, uh, can't use the Gold Coast Suns logo anymore, (laughs) but here's my club that I've made up. It's called the Gold Coast. It's called the Queensland Football Club. Yeah. Why don't you start getting some of this because it's the hottest merch in town? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then people start buying that and it starts selling out. So he's doing yeah. all these drops of Queensland Football Club merch, this fake <laughs> club, and people are going, yeah, this is the hottest <laughs> shit right now. Wow. Yeah. And then he I thinks I to had himself. I no idea about this. It's, it's such a great story. Mm. And then he thinks because he's so deep into the beautiful art of Australian irony is mm. Ken, he mm. thinks to himself, what would make this even funnier <laughs> is if I – actually make the clothes really good because Mm. before this he was just buying blanks you know hoodies t-shirts the same kind of stuff that everybody does cheap clothes probably made in china he's just slapping the logo on them yeah and he goes wouldn't this be hilarious (laughs) if i made my clothes like way better quality than Mm. actual australian football league merchandise yeah Yeah. so he goes around australia and starts trying to (laughs) source really high quality fabrics (laughs) He starts making relationships with, I believe he started reaching out to people who made Australian sporting gear in the 80s and 90s before it all right. got shipped offshore to China, yeah, getting okay. their expertise. Yeah. And getting then he like starts- Merino wool. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so then he's suddenly selling this Queensland football club- clothing that's like Mm. really high quality (laughs) and all the kids online are just going this is the hypest shit on the street right now (laughs) so they're buying it uh and now this hilarious thing is starting to happen where his ironic joke Mm. is now also starting to shine a bit of a light on the poor quality and Mm. like hyper consumerism of actual sports like cheaply made sports merchandise yeah and how it's all just made offshore in the sort of exploitative textile industry because now he's onshoring it all to australia or a lot of it and making Mm. like really high quality stuff and And everyone's asking why the why the actual teams aren't doing that exactly yeah Mm. exactly now he's involved in (laughs) conversations because i've listened to a few interviews with him and read quite a bit and now this is something that he himself is speaking on, like the state of actual sports merchandising wow. around the world. And yeah. just to show you how ironic the whole thing has become and how meta and layer upon layer. So I looked at some of the product photographs from his fashion line because he's just launched. It's gone mm. now from Queensland Football Club to now he's actually making clothes that I don't, they're not emblazoned with Queensland Football Club. He's just quite into fashion now. He's yeah. pivoted from being a surgeon to being wow. a fashion expert because he had to to keep pursuing this joke and take <laughs> yeah. it further and further. Yeah. And so now he started his own fashion brand that just makes really quite beautiful clothes. Wow. And I think he's just opened his first shop this actual just this passing weekend, I think. And I looked at the 
yeah. uh, product product photographs from the first launch. And one of the models is one of the members of Australian mm-hmm. comedy trio Auntie Auntie, oh, Donna. Auntie Donna. Is that what they yeah. 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 So one of them, Broden Kelly, who is one of the members. Don't praises Auntie Donna. What's that? Wannabe don't praises. Wannabe don't praises. Exactly. Wannabe don't praises. <laughs> yeah. Auntie Donna. Yeah. Total. Speaking of ripoffs. Yeah. That's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so Broden Kelly, who also has his own quite funny uh, footy podcast, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which is called The Footy. And shout out to my mate Marcus, who's a Richmond Tigers obsessive, uh, who put me onto that. Yeah. So I looked at the product photographs of these beautiful clothes, and one of the models is. Broden Kelly from Auntie Donna, mm. and and Ken is now just like a fashion. Um, he is in a fashion authority on TikTok. He makes these beautiful videos doing history of fashion wow. things. He talks, he educates the audience on what makes a great outfit, right yeah. colors, pieces. He talks about fashion trend cycles and wow. um, some yeah, other. Sorry, go on, John. I must admit, when you said to me, have you heard of Ken, Dr. Ken Sakata and the Queensland Football Club? I was initially thinking, is this another AFL doping scandal that I'm going to have to read up on? I'm still I'm still burnt from the Bombers scandal. But <laughs> but uh, but then I looked up a few images and it's I couldn't get a read on it in the time available because it was, it was a weird combination of images of this surgeon and then images of kind of really beautiful <laughs> fashion items and sort of well-lit, you know, very schmick-looking interior design photos meant to obviously showcase these textiles and clothes that he's done. Yeah, it's wow. such a great story. And and some other really funny things that have happened is that because the brand, which is obviously, obviously started off as a bit of a rip-off of the Gold Coast Suns, yeah. because his brand, the Queensland Football Club, became so popular <laughs> Yeah, other people started trying to rip him off, and so people started putting his logo on their clothing and just wow. selling cheap knockoffs. Mm. And so it's just hilarious irony on top of hilarious irony. Wow! And it seems, as I said at the moment, it seems that he's left, or at least has put being a surgeon uh, <laughs> on the shelf for a moment, and he's going yeah. all in on this well, fashion we'll thing. But and the. Sons must be kicking themselves. They didn't say, "Let's get him on the marketing team and just say, yeah, keep doing this because people love it." People will come to the Suns games in. They probably do anyway. People will come to the Suns games in Queensland Football League or F- Queensland well, Football Association. Yeah, merch. they. they it definitely was an opportunity for them mm. to try and turn sports merchandise into respectable fashion items. And he has yeah. mentioned that Australian football, for whatever reason, and perhaps Australian sport generally, hmm. it hasn't entered the realm of actual streetwear fashion in the way that we're so no. familiar with American sports, particularly yeah. basketball. You go to, you'll see people out uh, mm. on, on red carpets and stuff wearing items that you know like a chicago ball singlet or a jacket or something like that yeah he was yeah and they were saying on the on the footy podcast that for whatever reason uh, probably because the afl was a bit 
um, closed off to it and doesn't really see opportunities that it, Australian Football League uh, wear and merchandise has never been able to pierce that and become actually cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. A- and so, yeah, I we've spoken a lot about Australia's love of irony on the show before, particularly mm. when it comes to the Australian male's love of yeah. irony as a shield to protect oneself from the yeah. vulner- vulnerability that comes with being actually sincere. But <laughs> I just thought this story is like really different and unique and interesting yeah. and just an inspiring story of how when something starts happening to the right person mm. with the right creative brain and the right drive because mm. everybody's played an ironic character online before. Yeah. And this this could have happened to so many other people where they started pretending to be somebody online. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they even had the foresight to make some silly merch for it. But even mm. then, how many people would really mm. have have the gumption to do that? And then even after he did it and they said, <laughs> stop doing this, yeah. he said, you know what's going to be really funny is if I don't <laughs> stop doing this. <laughs> and then he starts making his own company. He starts his own fake football club. And then even yeah. after that, he just goes, you know what would make this – even funnier is if the clothes just got really good. So it's obviously he's obviously a very specific type of yeah. individual, yeah, and quite a unique man. Surgeon. I just think it's great, classic A type. He just needs to do everything exactly as well as possible. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And yeah, I just think that's a great story. He's that's apparently great. actually a Carlton supporter, uh, yeah, and he lives okay. in uh, Melbourne, I believe. And there you go. That is just one of the better stories about mm. following I, irony to its logical yeah. conclusion. And now Ken <laughs> and his clothing company is taking over mm. the world. <laughs> the thing I like about it is it's an Australian variation on this fashion story that you see playing out most obviously in America where you'll get a brand like Louis Vuitton and people will be making knockoff Louis Vuitton merch and then, you know, it becomes fashionable because they're selling it on the streets of Harlem, let's say, and somebody who's a famous musician will wear it to an award show, this, you know, well-made but obviously not genuine knockoff piece. And the knockoff yeah. pieces become quite valuable collector's items in their own right and they sort of take risks with the with the branding that the actual brand wouldn't do or they're a bit more finger on the pulse than the actual brand would be. And then you'll get this legal dispute breaking out where the Louis Vuitton will start featuring some of these knockoff designs on catwalk shows and the person who's doing them is like, you know, you guys tried to wipe me out and now you're copying all of my ideas. Yeah. And Ken, Ken Cicada has, <laughs> has done that with the, the tight-fisted clothes shop of Australian Football League fashion brands. <laughs> Have and the you, other thing, of course, is that his surname is synonymous with my favourite snack, Sakata bis- biscuits, Sakata uh, crackers. Mm. Have you got Have you got WhatsApp open there, John? Have you yeah. seen the actual the actual first T shirt that he made with him pretending to play for the Gold Coast Suns? Is excellent, and I'll bring the image up for anybody watching us on YouTube. Oh, I will yeah, bring it up on screen. <laughs> And he's done those really hammy photos of himself playing. I love that. 
<laughs> and he he has he's so good on camera. If you follow him on TikTok, Ken Sakata, he mm. has such a nice, calming way about him. Mm. And he does these videos about <laughs> the history of certain fabrics and movements. And he's done a video about the white t-shirt that has become super popular because of the show the bear that we mentioned mm. a few times the main character wears these particular white t-shirts that are very expensive oh, he right. goes into the two types of t-shirts that they wear on the show he wears mm. on the show and then explains why they're so expensive and the kind of hmm. machinery that they're made on he wears it in character on the show yeah so in you've seen oh, the bear yeah i have yeah which which i just think should be called Angry sandwiches. Yeah, I think it should be called the bear colon. Why is making beef sandwiches so stressful? <laughs> Kaizen! Kaizen! <laughs> like every scene is like the intro sequence to Saving Private Ryan and I have to remind myself, aren't these just like sandwiches for people? <laughs> There's like the sounds of bullets flying as yeah. they, for no reason... Now, now, now. I'm Shoot. like, what? why didn't you just get in Shoot. early and chop some tomatoes? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> um, th- yeah, he wears these two types of, of these two brands of white T-shirt in the show mm. that are very high quality apparently oh, okay. and very expensive and they're made on this old machinery that they don't love- use anymore. I love that on that fake T-shirt he's called himself a tall, small forward, which is just like a non-existent <laughs> footy position. <laughs> That's great. So it's also a very, I think, mm. I think it's a very Australian story because it's essentially a stressed-out doctor yeah. has just gone into the irony portal and he's yeah. come out the other side of fashion brand yeah. icon. Totally. <laughs> That's what I call doing a Eurovision in Australia. That's, that's absolutely doing a Eurovision. <laughs> John, what's been happening in your neck of the woods? <laughs> I've noticed I've noticed and I just want to point it out to our listeners that one of your most recent ticks that I've become fond of is to is to kind of ape the commercial radio style by doing a very guttural tone which this then just the very- sort of fades out halfway through the words. Through the world. <laughs> yeah. John, what's been happening in your neck of the world? <laughs> yeah. That's great. I always loved I always loved aping. It was both it was both the Australian FM radio voice and it's also the voice that you would hear people doing if you went to the Royal Adelaide show, which was our mm. one, because we didn't have theme parks in Adelaide. So no. your one opportunity to get a sense of what it might be like to go to a theme park with rides or whatever was to go to the Royal Adelaide show and you'd have the men, <laughs> the carnies, the carnival men. Yeah. Who would, and it was, and it's also the exact same voice that uh, then ended up being the voice that men would do in the MCs would do in strip clubs in Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the same voice that. <laughs> MCs, if you went to nightclubs in Adelaide yeah. and they they were hyping up the drink prices or the it's DJ, it's the it was, exact same. It was like voice. Ad, it was like how hip hop got started, except it never actually evolved into a musical style. It was just the Adelaide cheese ball MC <laughs> style. And started it was, on started on radio. Yeah, mm, went famously, to there was a there was a guy on Adelaide radio, and look. 
I don't make a habit of going to strip clubs. I haven't been to one in a very, very long time. But when I was 18 or 19, I went once or twice in Adelaide and I heard one of those times must have either been with you or you'd been to a 21st or something and you became aware of it. And we used to have this running joke because the guy that had been a radio DJ in Adelaide then got a job as the announcer at one of the strip clubs. And and so he's like giving this very radio practiced voice, but just saying things that were only relevant to strip clubs like, Okay, come on, guys. This girl's gonna get naked for you. And it was just, <laughs> just a very, very it's, jarring. It's the only voice, it's the only style of voice that you're allowed to do on radio in Australia, where you put your voice down here and you mm. start making everything go dynamic and up and down. <laughs> and it's exactly the same. So it'd just be, it'd be. SAFM 107.1 SAFM. And there would also be like if you would be on on the round, some round about Wizzy Ride. Mm. Okay, guys, hang on tight now. We're about to go backwards. <laughs> and the ride will go back. Or as you say, you'd be at the Crazy Horse Thanks Strip Club. for riding the Gravitron. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys, for riding the Gravitron. Don't forget to. And then step I got, out of the step out of the cart carefully as you walk on down the steps and be careful. It's a little bit slippery today, so you want to really take care as you walk down the steps today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a weird Pavlovian because I was so used to rides. Then I went to the strip club, and every time a stripper <laughs> came out, I'd feel nauseous because I was just felt like I'd gotten off a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, would you give it up for Chantel? She keep your your arms and legs inside the ride. Here is Chantel. (laughs) (laughs) These girls, guys, give it up for Sparkle. She really wants to get naked. (laughs) And yeah, I'm pretty sure she doesn't. They'd always do it at uh, at Heaven Nightclub. I'd go to Heaven Nightclub to chemistry and they'd mm. go, Okay, guys, give it up for your DJ. And also, Cowboy Cocksuckers, $2 for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should, why don't I have this gig? Why? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should, maybe, maybe I should do the entire podcast. <laughs> Just like that. And now back to you, John. Nothing bad. Hot, hot day? hits from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and today. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. And then the I won't. I won't. We could do the whole show on it, but then the um the kind of wrap up of the news would often be it would be. Night Channel 9 News coming up at 6 p.m. Why has this graffiti artist been <laughs> been <laughs> turned into a... Elongating a why. Yeah, exactly. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so all of that, I don't know, it was just like the main way you'd... It was just the main way you'd publicly receive information in Adelaide yeah. was in that voice. So now... Every, yeah, I'm, every every country has their news cadence there's mm. the, there's always and it's so it's so captivating on social media to see people aping the way yeah. that news presenters and television pre- pre- um, uh, news presenters and and various television presenters yeah how 
people on social media ape the style, mimic yeah. it so well. It's one of those things that you, you don't even realize that it's a no. style until you mm. see somebody doing it and you go, mm. oh my God, it's actually a style. There's so <laughs> many great ones on Instagram and TikTok yeah. of people doing British daytime mm. television cadence where mm. they'll, it's meant to be this really folksy, oh, you've just walked yeah. into my living oh, room. Hello. Yeah. Hello there. Well, today... <laughs> We're talking about why it is that some people in Britain love tea. I love a <laughs> cup of tea, and I know that you do as well. So what we're going to do is today, and and it's just, uh, yeah, it's just people, people in order to present something in a slightly more entertaining or captivating way, yeah. they speak quite unlike themselves. I've met people that are news presenters, and mm. you don't even recognize them mm. when you meet them because they're just a normal person. Yeah. And then somebody says, oh, that person does the weather on Channel 9. And you go, mm. and they, never, they? they Because they're they so walk around performative. Going, yeah, 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 absolutely. And they've got about two inches of makeup on their face when they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, and lighting. Like, like sort of clownish. And, uh, yeah, look, in – in light of the shift of the focus of the conversation unexpectedly to cadence, I might move to a piece of informational content that's been interesting me in the last couple of weeks, which follows on from something I mentioned on the cast a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you might you might remember that I was talking. It was just kind of an afterthought in the dying minutes of the podcast, probably episode 144 or thereabouts. We were talking about the 1987 film Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and I was saying one of the things I noticed in watching it, apart from its general excellence as a film, <laughs> was, that, uh, was that Arnie says, I'll be back pointedly in the film as a kind yeah. of, um, as a use of the, you know, use of his catchphrase. And I said, the weird thing about that is I, as, as well as a, a number of other people who I've since spoken to, assumed that the main reason Arnie would be using that catchphrase would be um, as the Terminator, you know, within the Terminator franchise. And obviously we're all familiar with its use in that franchise and you get the... Um, you get its initial use in Terminator 1. He says, I'll be back, comes in, leaves the room, comes back in, drives in with the car, mm -hmm. and then he uses it again famously in Terminator 2. I think when he does a cameo in one of the later crappier Terminators, he uses it again. But he was just using it in a range of other films as well. So he was, you know, using it in The Running Man, but also I think in Last Action Hero, and then he used it in The Expendables 2, and I think one of the other characters said, you'll be back, you've been back enough, I'll be back this time or something like that as a kind of stupid, um, as a stu stupid play on the, on the use of the phrase. And so I said to our listeners, has anyone else uh, in the 80s or since done this? Has anyone, and, and kind of feels like they should have. It feels like something that's almost recognizably 80s that somebody would say in the middle of a film that's got nothing to do with the film where this catchphrase came about i'll be back and everyone would go yeah it's an arnie's it's an arnie movie and just kind of disregard the plot but i couldn't off the top of my head think of anyone else who had done this either in the 80s or since and 
one of our listeners, shout out to Brett, has come forward with a pretty obscure and possibly debatable example, but one I thought I'd share with you and with our audience. And that is uh, the the use of a phrase by, um, well, most people will know him as Clay Davis from The Wire, and he's played by a guy named Isaiah Whitlock Jr. So Isaiah Whitlock is probably best known for that role, but is also oh, yeah. a frequent <clears throat> collaborator in Spike Lee movies. And, and I know you've seen a few Spike Lee movies or joints, and <laughs> you might recognize him from some of those. Do you know where I'm going with his phrase yeah, I've yet? Yeah, I've just, I've just looked him up and I know what the mm. phrase is going to be. Yeah, so maybe you can just spoil the surprise. Oh, do you want me to say what his catchphrase yeah, yeah, yeah. is? Which yeah. I think is from The Wire, isn't it? Well, it's, well, well maybe you're going to say he's done it in other things, but certainly I think I knew it from The Wire. And yeah. his catchphrase is, shit. <laughs> exactly. So in The Wire, he plays this, This I think he's a kind of corrupt senator or, or a corrupt politician. And, yeah, he keeps doing this thing, this shit. And, and Brett pointed out to me that, she she gave me a clip of the completely unrelated film Twenty Fifth Hour with Ed Edward Norton, where he's a cop searching Edward Norton's house and he finds some drugs and he goes she <laughs> and uh, and then and then I said okay I'm a bit skeptical but I looked him up and there's a very comprehensive uh, Wikipedia article about him and it says. He's best known in, for The Wire, but then he's also appeared in Spike Lee films like She Hate Me, 25th Hour, Red Hook Summer, she Black Klansman, and The Five Bloods. And it says in those projects, Whitlock established a catchphrase from his character's distinct pronunciation of the word shit. And he's gone on to uh, uh, earn public notoriety for use of that phrase and launched a successful kickstarter talking bobblehead campaign uh based on his use of the word shit now (laughs) as i said to brett some people might find this controversial as an example of a catchphrase for a couple of reasons one it's a pronunciation of a word rather than a phrase that's distinctive to a particular character and two most people aren't going to know who isaiah whitlock is so (laughs) It's just a guy who's who's saying shit in a particular way in a few movies. But she's she rightly uh, pressed the point and said, well, no, he's done it in a distinctive way that's become synonymous with him as an actor, at least to mm. people who know him and probably do You better do it on the show. Yeah, you better do it on the show. So I'm doing it on the show. And <laughs> I, I've spoken to a number of other people who have said, I feel like this should be a more common thing, but I can't think of an example. So, so far, all I have is the Isaiah Whitlock, Clay Davis impersonation of shit or, or pronunciation of shit. But I don't know. It's not, it's not really satisfying me because I can't help but shake the feeling that this is much more common. And I refuse to ask ChatGPT to settle the issue because I, I really want our listeners to come to my aid in this in this one i feel like catchphrases uh, were more of a thing on television than in in films and then whether or not they carry through different shows if somebody some particular actor is dropping them occasionally through i'm thinking of yeah ricky ricky gervais in extras yes what was his 
What was the catchphrase of his? He, oh he yeah, ends up making said, that. Are you having a laugh? Are you having a laugh? Are you having a laugh? Yeah, but like it would be. I mean, I can imagine something like Steve Urkel, who played uh, yes, who, who played this nerdy character who used to say, "Did I do that?" Now Didn't I do that. He's he's probably done it. I don't even know the actor's name. And I don't care. The, he's probably done it on, you know, comedy specials where he plays some version of himself or something. Yeah. But I'm not talking about that because this will be different director, different cast, different cinematic universe, and yet they'll go, maybe Arnie goes, oh, can you just put in an I'll be back because it's an Arnie movie, and they'll go, yeah, all right, well, I guess that's going to get people excited about that particular bit and there'll, there'll be a standing ovation in the cinema. <laughs> So, so we'll get it. We'll get you to. We'll get you to chuck that in, even though it's completely unrelated to Terminator <laughs> or anything about it. And I want, also want to thank director James Cameron because, in finding out a little bit about it, about the use of that phrase "I'll be back," I noticed that on a 2012 interview on Good Morning America, Schwarzenegger had revealed that he had difficulty pronouncing the word "aisle," and. So he said, can we change it to I will be back? And Cameron said, no, but what we can do is just do the shot as many times as you need to successfully say three words. <laughs> and by giving him that, by that act of directorial largesse, we now have the much catchier I'll be back. I don't think I will be back would have survived as many uh, cinematic universes and become <laughs> the catchphrase that it is today. The so number thank one you to Brett of movies. And thank you to James Cameron. Audience John. A- 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 allyship. Audience allyship, guys. If you want to get in touch and tell us how much you're enjoying the podcast, especially seeing our beautiful faces on YouTube every single week, you can just comment mm. beneath this video in the comments of the YouTube video, or you can always get us at hello at dptm.org. Before we leave the studio, this week, John got a little bit of a hot tip for you out there. Mm-hmm. One of Dutchies bringing a bringing an old class, dusting off, dusting off an old classy. <laughs> One of Dutchies hot tips. I am always trying to reduce my use of the poison rectangle, as we discuss a lot on the podcast. It's in the title of the podcast, guys. Mm. Don't praise the machine. I'm trying to use my phone less mm. in public, in particular, and on train so i've started taking my kindle my e-reading book with me when i get the when i get the subway around so that i'm not just glued to the poison rectangle yeah and i gotta tell you i'm not the sharpest tool in the shed but if you just want to trick people into thinking that you're a fucking genius just read a book on public transport and people are going to be thinking, who the fuck is this egghead who's not <laughs> rotting his brain with TikTok like yeah. every single other person on this carriage right now? I had people mm. coming up to me and going, are you some kind of genius? Why aren't you being chauffeured around in a limousine? Why is a genius riding the U8 mm. around Berlin? And it actually did make me feel a lot more cleansed mentally mm. when I'm, I've been, I've been like missing stops because I'm on my phone and I'm yeah. being sucked into some attention hacking world. And then mm. I realize, 
oh, no, I've ended up in Pankow, which is not where you want to be when you live in Templehof. <laughs> the people, and the train, train police tapping you on the shoulder going, sir, you have to get off, and you're just watching crazy frog clips. Yeah, suddenly I, some, a, a guard is shaking my shoulder and then I sort of pop my head up and the guard, all the guards are speaking a different European language and I mm. go, oh, no, how long have I been on this train for? <laughs> uh, you're, sir, you're in Ukraine and then I, they send me to the front lines <laughs> yeah, and going. it's all because I was spending too long on Instagram reels. <laughs> this is a troop carrier. Guys, read a book. On a train, great idea. Insane, in the membrane. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice little mnemonic to help you remember it. <laughs> you can read. You, you can. Are you happy with that being the end of the show, John? Because I have sure. to run. I have to, I <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> <You're> still working. <laughs> I'm still not smooth. Still working silk. out. Yeah, because we don't do the music fade out now, I still we're still really working out how to smooth. I have to watch a few video podcasts to work mm. out how they end them smoothly. Maybe on the audio version, we can just have the music come in at that point. We don't have to explain it. Yeah, we will. But thanks so much, everybody. i got to go off and join my Sunday run because that's Enjoy. what my Sundays look like. I record with John in the morning and then I go off, do a little 10K run mm. with Division BPM, which I'll be doing in a second. Thank you so much, everybody. I'm going to have another shower because I've just come back from camping and one shower just didn't get to that inner crust that I've developed over the last two days of hiking and running around in a hot tent. Wash off that crust. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I want to say it again. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just look up Don't Praise the Machine podcast. We'll pop up on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok, join the mailing list, go to Mm. dptm.org. You can sign up for the mailing list there because this is the end of the podcast. You can just go to all these things now. now. Do it as soon as you, as soon as this podcast ends, open YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment or send us a beautiful email or sign up for the mailing list. Thank you so much, everybody. DPTM episode number 146. We can't wait to see you next week. And then you say it, John. Hey.